Hello, everyone. Welcome to Good Heroin with Dave Ross. I am Dave Ross, and this is Good Heroin with Dave Ross. Hi. Nice to see you. I'm in my fucking room today. It just so I'm spending most of my time in my girlfriend's house lately. And so I have like a little studio set up in her place. But if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it looks different. That's right. Her apartment looks different from my apartment. For example, Uh, Her apartment doesn't have a bunch of posters from shows I've done on her wall. She has nice, artful, beautiful looking wallpaper, you know, like an adult person who wants their apartment to look good and isn't obsessed with themselves. (laughs) Um, But it's also it's nice to be here. Uh, Another thing that her apartment does not have is my KRZR hoodie, which I'm wearing, but it does have my hat with my logo on it. I am drowning her in my merch. We'll break up. Uh, we won't. We won't. It just felt like a funny thing to say, but then it hurt to say it because I don't want it to be true, and it's for sure not true. I'm gonna be with her for a long time. Hello, welcome to Good Heroin. Uh, welcome. Um, we are produced by Hold the Phone Comedy, holdthephone.tv. If you want to see more of them, they're great. Uh, like I said, we are on YouTube. If you want to watch video episodes of this, we don't have a custom URL yet <laughs> because I just started. Uh, putting the show on YouTube and we're climbing in subscribers and I guess YouTube needs, I don't know, to be convinced that I'm allowed to direct people to a URL that isn't a bunch of random letters. So if you want to find us, there's a link on our Starburns audio page. We're on Starburns audio. Hey. Uh, and uh, on there is all the subscription links to listen in the, the other ways, you know, on uh Apple and Stitcher and stuff, but there's also a link to our YouTube if you want, or you can go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Dave to the Ross. Um, and uh, one of the few channels I've subscribed to is the good heroin channel. Uh, and Hey, speaking of me, my website is Dave to the Ross.com. I'm also at Dave to the Ross on all the social medias and man in quarantine, I'm starting to have a lot of things to plug. I, I have another podcast with my good friend, Caleb Sinan called what's it called. Um, I also just started a Twitch show with Kyle Ayers and that's every Tuesday at 5 PM on Kyle's Twitch at Kyle prime video, twitch.tv slash Kyle prime video. And the show is called awful level league. We, um, we build, really really shitty levels in different level builders in video games and then bring our friends in to play them with us and then we also invite the chat on twitch to play with us and so by the end it's just like a bunch of us uh being stupid um playing bad levels of this game we made we're doing smash bros right now we're playing smash bros ultimate on the switch so if you have that uh you can play with us uh we're going to be doing that for a while and then we're going to do tony hawk because it has a level builder but also if you have suggestions for games that have good level builders, write us. I'm Dave to the Ross at gmail.com. I would love, I don't know. We just want to, it was a lot of fun. We did the first one and it was just fucking stupid. And uh, it's a, it's like a, it's a fun way to, uh, to, ex- it's a fun way to bring comedy into a game, I guess 
is the thing. We were searching for how do you, I don't know, how do you fuck around? How do you make a game your own? Because we're performers and we, if we can't bring creativity to it, what are we doing? And uh, we also wanted guests. So uh, I think it really works. Yeah, 5 p.m. on Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, also, I have a Discord now. So many things. Oh, my God. There's a Dave Ross Discord server. Um, I'm not like, don't, it, the invite is for everyone. And some people thought it wasn't because I'm not promoting it widely. Um, and that's just because I only want my fans in there. And, you know, probably people wouldn't troll it, but whatever. I'd rather just err on the side of having less people in there, but knowing who's in there is really into my shit. Um, but there's a permanent invite at a, uh, a redirect link off my website, discord.davetotheross.com. Just type in discord.davetotheross.com into your uh, phone browser or web browser, and it'll invite you. It'll take you to the Discord invite. Okay? And I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Ross. And I just fucking pass out from promoting things. <laughs> um, I uh, Yeah, if you want more of me. There's bonus episodes of this podcast every week at the $5 level. A lot of stand-up shit you can get at the $8 level. And then there's like, uh, you know, free tickets to live shows and merch and stuff like that. And I've just started, I've decided people were asking me about stuff that was online that I took down. So I'm going to start putting all my old shit on the Patreon. Why not? I've always wanted to collect. I've made a ton of dumbass shit over the years and I've always wanted to collect it in one place. So I'm going to put it on there. Um, for everybody, for the $2 level and up. I just put, uh, I made a song called I Drink Come." <laughs> I made like a really shitty beat out of the beginning of a Fiddler song that they, I don't think ever officially released that I have for some reason. It's called I Drink Come," and it's about how I drink cum and I fuck animals and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> all the noise, you know, you get it. <laughs> um, and so I think I should say trigger warning. <laughs> I was trying to make a song. I was like a few years ago when it was really, really popular to be like a bro comedian who's like, wait a minute. I believe in free speech, which I think means that I'm supposed to be able to say anything and no one ever gets upset. And so I was trying to um, I wanted to make something that was really, really offensive, but hurt no people. And uh, and I think I did it. But also, you know, if you don't want to hear someone um rap about fucking animals you know which is you shouldn't which is wrong and you shouldn't do but if you like animals it's okay to talk about animals because they can't get their feelings hurt because they don't speak english <laughs> uh, that's just my perspective but obviously i wouldn't do it that's gross well now i'm like anyway trigger warning <laughs> <laughs> um on that song and it's on my patreon all right let's get to our guest i um man this guy's great we uh we've known each other a long time and have connected like really connected actually um like for the first time in the past year um he's a really funny comic based in chicago now originally from omaha and he's an artist creator of the tarot restless which is like a death metal art uh tarot deck and i know that i definitely described that incorrectly but i think a death metal art inspired tarot deck is close <laughs> at least either way um this uh interview we recorded at my girlfriend's place so get ready for the background to change um but um yeah he's great and we had a great really interesting pretty crazy conversation actually uh so i hope you like it his name is winslow Dumain. Good Winslow, what's up, man? 
Hey, man, how are you? Dude, I'm okay, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm bad. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking scraping by. No, I'm yeah. all right, man. Um, yeah? Yeah, this, this, is, this is so cool to be, be here and shit. Like, I love everything that you do. And, uh, yeah, I've followed you since, like, I mean, I, it's funny to say this because it's probably, it seems very recent to you, but I followed you since, like, Suicide Buddies and stuff, so. Oh, man, thank you. Yeah, yeah man. And That uh, really means a lot to me because uh, I love your stuff. Well, and it's interesting, sir. isn't it, where how comedy, uh, I don't know, this is so corny, but, like, uh, you know, some version of the long and winding road. You know what I mean? Like how everything uh, changes and grows over time. I was trying to think of a, a non-whimsical, uh, non-corny way of saying that. But what I mean is I've known you for a long time, but I haven't really known you. We, uh, yeah. I met you in comedy when you were an Omaha comedian mm-hmm. like seven or eight years ago, uh, somewhere in there. And then, uh, you know. We always liked each other and stayed in touch, but it, I think that we like really connected and became friends when we both started uh, obsessively making our own merch. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I uh, fucking if you didn't see, I was just taking a drink out of my cum mug or my. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I've got. I make a uh, big old uh, white milk jug style bottles that just say cum on them, like the Chupa Chups logo. I have posted about this. Yeah, (laughs) it's a. It looks like a Nalgene. It's like a metal Nalgene that says "Come!" Exclamation point. I've posted (laughs) about it. This is Winslow sells the "Come" bottle. He also sells the stickers that say "Gatorade should be thicker," which is a fan favorite. Um, (laughs) It's it's that I I don't know if you saw that got posted. Somebody took a picture of it in the wild. Somebody with way more Twitter followers than me. And uh, they posted about it, and it got like 140,000 likes. And everyone's like, yeah. what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's, it's, I've had to like explain it to cops. Because like, <laughs> they see me putting stickers somewhere, and they're like, listen, what is what the fuck is... Like, I, like Doesn't gang mean signs anything. we're familiar with. I'm like, Gatorade should be thicker. And I just, well, one, I genuinely think that Gatorade's better thicker. <laughs> and two... Nobody will Google Winslow Domain comedian or Winslow Domain artist, but yes. people are going to fucking Google Gatorade should be thicker. It's a good point. And it's worked. And I've they did. Thousands of stickers. It's insane. I have stickers in fucking Bolivia. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll also be seeing that Winslow is wearing a shirt he sells that says, don't actually fuck the police. <laughs> it's true. Another. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> fuck the police, but don't. Not really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, no, it's fun, man. I like, and you know, I've always known, you know, I've always seen your stuff. I've always known that you're both a comedian and a visual artist. And, uh, you sent me your album a while ago, yeah. which is great. Fuck. Um, that's, that's, I, that's a weird one. <laughs> do you not support that album anymore? I, I don't recall I su- what's on it. I support it philosophically. It's extremely, it, it was like, you know how you took a bunch of stuff and made, uh, what was it? Fucked up old stuff. Volume one. Yes. Uh, it was basically, it was like me desperately trying to record an hour's worth of material amongst a bunch of 10 and 20 minute long sets. Um, yeah. so the jokes are good. The recording quality is dog shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I still like the idea. It's like, 
it's definitely the most death metal comedy album I've ever seen. You know? <laughs> well, that's actually, you know, what's funny is when I, when I think about it, the packaging is what I think of because yeah. <laughs> oh, you, what's the name of the album again? It's called whimper and bang. Like how does that's the world right. end with a bang or with a whimper? And so, but the, I don't know if you know the, the story about the album cover is um, I, that was right around when like I lost this very, very important relationship in a, some of my friends like really betrayed me in fucked up ways. And like, then my dog died and my friend killed himself. Like I had all this bad shit happening and I was like somewhere underneath suicide, you know, where you're just like catatonic, just freaking out all the time, not even freaking out, just kind of like cold. Um, and a while ago before that I had written a suicide note and this, I know this is really heavy to get into right away. But uh, the suicide note was just five words, I die laughing, ha ha. And when I made the album cover, I had my friend take an X-Acto knife and cut ha ha into my chest. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's, dude, that imagery And it's fucking is... still there. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching dude. on YouTube, you look. It's, uh... We're on YouTube, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is where the content is. <laughs> the scariest content. Holy fucking shit, dude. I mean, I guess I could have guessed that that would be scarred on you. But like, I mean, you know me. I, I'm all that. I love fucked up shit, but yeah. I also love silly shit. And I love, I don't know, like specific art. Everything about that. I saw it and I was like, damn, that is really funny. <laughs> but I guess it's... I never put possible. together. Yeah, I never put together how intense it is. Like, like I think I knew you actually carved it, but I never really absorbed that you actually carved it. Yeah, and, and there's uh, a video of it too. What? Yeah, it's, it's the funniest thing because it's just like I just I I didn't have any friends that were like on the same level of intensity as me. I just picked the guy that I trusted the most. That sure. didn't have like delirium tremens kind of hands, because uh, I want to keep that shit steady. Um, sure. And he's like just the nicest guy. He's not metal. He's not evil at all. I don't think he's he's he gets depressed, but I don't think he's ever had like a big suicide thing going on. So like when <laughs> I asked him to do this, because I I wanted him to do it because once I tell somebody else to do it, then I can't chicken out because I. I mean, I would start to do it. And I'd be like, ow, this hurts. I'd quit or whatever. Um, I'm not necessarily metal enough to. And I also didn't want it to be backwards or whatever. Um, <laughs> and so I just had him do it. And he's just like, all right, man, you said that you wanted me to do this. And I like you and you're my best friend. And so we met up in an abandoned paper mill uh, in the middle of uh, like the North Omaha, completely like rotten, abandoned shit. And I just, it just, fucking took an exacto knife not even a scalpel wow. exacto knives are like rough like they're bad dude <laughs> this is I, so I, I like never really thought about how it's <laughs> self-harm and yeah. uh like it's not even self-harm it's just harm because it's not me doing it well yeah it, it, it was, is it was <laughs> harming winslow if you pay someone to shoot you you did that you know what I mean? Wow. Well, I have so many questions and I think, um, you know, 
like you said, I, I had a suicide podcast and I talk a lot about mental health and depression and a lot of people know me from that. So um, I imagine that a handful of people who are listening, if not the majority are all are like prepared for yeah. discussion of dark things like suicide and stuff. Yeah. Um, and even if they're not, uh, you know, it's, you know, life is hard. and <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> I guess my question is like, how much of that do you think, like looking back, that specific instance, like obviously making art, uh, expressing yourself, pouring yourself into it, a lot of it comes from pain. Uh, that's been said since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think you have to have it. I think that's crazy, but it can be an inspiration. Right. Um, my question is, though, like, Because I'm fully aware that literally all of that, I guess the reason I I made all these caveats I just did about how some of my audience might not be there yet is because we live in a world that tells you that if you make a suicide joke, then whoever you made it to should call the cops because you're going to kill yourself at any moment. But if you've been suicidal or depressed, you know that that's not the case. You know that you just, it's so real to you that you just, know how to talk about it and you're the one who knows when you're really there and for me it's most likely if i'm there there feeling suicidal i'm not talking about it at all i'm not yeah, making any to anybody yeah totally and yeah. so and so i'm fully aware that you just as someone who makes things and has a dark sense of humor could have totally just thought of all this and it was all a part of art but there's right. also the possibility that you look back and you're like, damn, I wanted to hurt myself. Yeah, what sure. do you think with any of that, of any of that looking back? I mean, there's, there's a lot of it. Like, I, yeah, I, I think that it all blends together. I think that my, what I've really learned over the past few years, um, I, two things I consider when, when people ask me, do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a comedian? I say, yes. Right. Like I want, right. I want to do it all. I want to just like all, everything I do is just like Winslow domain. Like that's right. just whatever I'm doing. That's, that's just me what I'm doing. Um, and so when I look at the way that pain has impacted me, I just think that like, it was just a completely valid thing that I wanted to, to do with my body at that point, you know? And I think that my, my, the crux of what I'm trying to say as an artist across the board is that pain is like the most incredibly valuable resource that a person can have, you know, because it, it's, what do you mean? Once, it's like the way that I describe it um, is that it's like uranium pain. is like uranium in the sense that it can, it can completely destroy something or it can power a city. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, without pain, without frustration, like what, what kind of impetus would you have to be the kind of comedian that you are if you never had any anxiety, you never worried about women, you never worried about your feelings, and you just right. lived a pretty okay life, you know? Right. It's, like, it's, it's like you need a point where, you know, all of your thoughts can kind of nucleate, where that one thing can spawn all of the other things that, that you create throughout the rest of your life. And pain, I think is this terribly interesting subject. Something yeah, that everybody I, has and a lot of people run from it, you know? 
Well, let me let me say this then. I for me personally, um, you cutting yourself for a bit <laughs> is I still I'm not worried about you and I like the bit, but it's my limit for sure. For sure. And uh, if you were to harm yourself further than that, I would be concerned about you and I would be disturbed. And that wouldn't be a judgment. That's just like literally who I am. Anything past that would disturb me for the exact same reason that you carving haha into your chest, I would imagine disturbs a lot of people already. Um, can, can we put out just as a caveat here that I did this before the trailer for Suicide Squad came out? <laughs> so it, it uh, sure. It just came like I did that. There's nothing worse than you cutting yourself and it's hack. <laughs> yes, unbelievably hack. And not even a good kind of hack. Like if I was trying to be like Heath Ledger, at least I look like I'm a member of Anonymous. But then I'm fucking looking like Jared Leto. Totally and that the is the worst Joker the worst. ever. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. It, it's but, um But I am curious, like, is that the limit for you? Like I, and I, I realize what I'm asking is pretty intense, and I think I know what the answer is. But let's say it occurred to you, I don't know. There's no, we, I'm not your brain in your brain, and I'm not you as an artist. So this is going to be a bad example, no matter what I say. But if you were to think of something that involved you, say, chopping off the tip of your finger for a bit, well, could you imagine a situation in which you'd do that? It's funny that you say that because that is. <laughs> Not the tip of my finger, but I don't know. I mean, we'll get into it later, but the cover of my tarot deck is oh, yeah. my left hand with my ring finger cut off because it is, in the end, a statement about, you know, not having a future and not being committed and not, you know, it's specifically in a, in a romantic sense, but it is also like cutting off of the lifeline and like making sure. a permanent decision in your life. Um, I don't think that I would simply for practicality's sake. Um I think that a lot of all right. So I, I I've gotten into discussions about this with people that are like medical professionals. I this is a heavy opinion. Think that there is a certain kind of redeeming factor uh, to self harm that I would never suggest anyone try. I'm not like advocating for self-harm, but I think that uh, it does give people who are in a crazy amount of pain, a way of nucleating pain in a way of focusing it on a specific thing um, rather than, you know, getting into like substance abuse or like starting an addiction that would follow them for the rest of their lives. Man, I, <laughs> I, uh, what, I don't right. know. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I suggest it. I'm saying that I don't regret it. Is what I should say. I see. You know. I see. Well, sure. In the exact same way that I, okay, I understand that. Um, because here, let me clarify. I also don't think you should self harm. And I'm a, I'm going to say even like unequivocally, if you were considering it and hearing this makes you want to try it fucking email me and i'll talk to you because <laughs> email me and i'll tell you you should no don't do that in fact email winslow and he'll tell you you shouldn't and i know yeah, that that's I, true I, I, uh, yes, it's for sure i i but i know but the reason i'm making these clarifications is you said um 
it could it's an option that is not drugs that is an addiction that would follow you for life but i know people who self harm force for whom self-harm is an addiction that follows them for their entire life some versions of it are an eating disorder some are literally cutting themselves and it is an addiction because there is a like visceral uh feeling one gets that translates to pleasure for some people and uh and it's scary man it's really scary I guess what I was thinking, I, I, again, not advocating self-harm, but um, what, I, what I was really thinking was like body modification. I, I just, I, I guess yeah. I can't really get into a lot of that, you know? Um, well, it's tough. It's, it's, you know, it's just tough to talk about because I don't think either of us want to influence. Everyone's different and I don't want to influence anyone mm-hmm. the wrong way. Right. But things are different. Things are different people. Right. And I just think that, like, it it helped me in a in a point in my time, in a point in my life where I, I just needed some kind of self soothing that I wasn't getting from anybody else, um, from any other therapist wow. or doctors. I mean, this is again like the majority of my years that I spent self harming were in high school. I think exclusively in high school, actually, right. um, and then. The I have cuts on the shoulders and I have cuts across the chest and both of those were involved or specifically tied to a really fucked up relationship I was in where that as crazy as it sounds was like kind of a part of the relationship. Uh, it started and it ended with like the scarring and stuff. Um, like you and your partner would both do it. You would do it to each other. They would do it to you. I just did it to me because, ah, uh, fuck this. It's hard to talk about without sounding completely insane, but it was a relationship to me that was extremely cosmic and like very like significant and like a very grand scheme of things. Like I thought for my entire life that I was going to have like a family and like children and, and, and a future with this person. And so like uh, we were, there's a, there's a lot of information that I can't give away. <laughs> sure. um, you know, it, it's just, it was just something that I did um, in pursuit of art, in pursuit of creating an interesting um, work of art that uh, kind of bookended the relationship. And so it was also kind of like a bit of irony to me to to start it and end it in the same way. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not something that I um, I get into at all anymore but it's definitely yeah. it's it's a part of my past you know this is interesting to me i've never uh been a self-harm person i mean in ways i suppose right. but uh because i've but, never drank i've i I, oh, okay. I I drank on my birthday in 2020 that was the first time i drank oh and wow I've never done any other drugs except i had an edible once in in wisconsin and once how old were you uh, this was one and a half years ago. One like, and a half years ago, you had an edible. How did that go? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it was <laughs> introduce eating weed into your life out of nowhere. <laughs> oh yeah, well I had half, and I realized it wasn't working, so I had another one because I'm smart. Um, and it was in Devil's oh. Lake, Devil's Lake, Wisconsin, and we went uh, to the uh, there's a clown museum. 
And so we tried to go into that, but it didn't work out. And so then we just uh, kind of spiraled in the in in the hotel. And that was the entire story of of me trying weed. I hate it. Sure. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> my my whole thing is I just want to be fucking focused all the time. And yeah. I know that people say cocaine helps with that, but I don't want to talk like the people that do cocaine. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So. Right. Of course. Uh, they are so annoying. God Jesus damn it. I Christ. hate being around cocaine. Um, I do. Um, I want to move on to uh, another subject, but I want to sort of wrap up this because this discussion of self-harm, uh, I think, is a pretty delicate, pretty delicate mm-hmm. subject matter for obvious reasons. And so um, you say you did it in high school at the time or looking back. Did you was it? I mean, do, do you? It sounds like you think of it as like an activity that made sense, but like, yeah. was it a reflection of depression or do you think it was something separate for you? Um, I think, I mean, I think it was definitely a, a part of depression. It's just a part of um, full despair, but I don't want to, give the impression that it was just like i was sad so i cut i was also just like a hopelessly arrogant mentally ill man child you know because i was a fucking teenager in high school and so like super super navel gazing super super self-obsessed and so like harming myself is like you know i was harming the protagonist of my life you know right and so it it's it's not as um So that's yeah. why you say the relationship felt like a cosmic to you. You were you were the hero of of your own story, yeah. and I relate to this in a grand way. I right. uh, for sure. I my relationship in high school was very epic, um, in my yeah. mind. <laughs> I mean, you, you have a joke that fucking annihilated my soul when you said like I could sum up my entire twenties in one word, Amanda. <laughs> and that's it that it's so fucking true man like i can yeah. sum up like literally from sixth grade until i was 26 you know with like one fucking, romance yeah, yeah. On, in one, one capacity or another yeah um interesting so yeah, it was very very significant but um and so when you say that you don't regret it this is the last question i have yeah I'm curious what you mean by that, and uh, the and I I'm harping on it because I specific it is specifically because if a 16 year old kid is listening to this, I want <laughs> I- them to know one that they're okay, two I have no judgment, and three that uh, it's the wrong path. <laughs> right. Yeah. I really hope that I haven't have given the. <laughs> You, you have given a full picture. You're fine. Okay. For sure. Yeah, you're great. But yeah. I actually, I love this because I, I want to know what your very specific experience is and the way that everyone has navigated emotion is valid, man. It really is. And I know you and I hear you. You're not advocating for it, but you've mm-hmm. said some specific things like I don't regret it. And you haven't directly said this ruined my life. And so I'm going out of my way to paint a full picture of it just in case someone's listening who's standing on a precipice right now. You know what I mean? I I think that in the grand scheme of things, I used self-harm to more adequately acquaint myself with pain 
And a lot of people, I mean, this is kind of common knowledge, but people use self-harm as a way of um, it kind of like reminding themselves that they are in control. You know, wow. there's a lot of things that hurt you in your life. There's a lot of people that can hurt you. Um, and, you know, it, it is, they call it self-abuse because it is an abusive relationship with yourself. And if you think about all the abusive relationships that, or ones that you may have heard of or ones that you may have been involved in, a lot of them are, I love you and I'm the only one that gets to hurt you. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, I have me, I control me. I'm the only one that gets to do this. Wow. And so, I mean, for a while there, uh, you know, my hands were pretty broadly different color because that's, that's, everybody has a different spot on their body when they do it. Um, and so it was, it was my hands for a while. And I guess I just like, I, I, to look back on it, it's almost like a body shaming kind of thing or wow. like a, a, a mental health shaming kind of thing. Cause if I look back and regretted it, I'd be like, well, what the fuck else was I supposed to do? You know, like my home life was, was like completely fucked up. Um, I was really, really, really depressed, really, really mentally ill. And it's like, yeah, looking back, I absolutely could have started jogging or whatever and like handled my emotions in a more constructive capacity. But I genuinely think that sometimes like, spending a night in a very dark mindset can really unclog the brain and open your way to seeing and experiencing new thoughts. You know, you need the darkness to understand the light. I also think it would be, yeah, it would be doing a disservice to your life to, to regret the pain you went through. I feel the exact same way about, having done heroin right. like i it's actually like a very it's funny like a, it's hard to it's a it's the most difficult thing for me to explain to people mm-hmm. how like i know for a fact i will never do heroin again i don't crave it if it, if it were around me i would leave i i like there's no way but yeah i'm glad i did it if, if, if heroin shows up at a party, you're like, oh, God, and you just walk out, that kind of thing? It would depend on the situation. <laughs> in most situ- in basically any situation I can imagine myself in now, I would freak out, and I would be right. like, what are you doing? And I would yell at everybody. You're fucking stupid. This shit kills people. Mm-hmm. But if I were to find myself in a scary situation surrounded by scary people, I would be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I would leave. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking... Dude, I remember actually when I was a radio DJ, my day job was I was a caseworker for uh, learning disabled adults. And um, it was such an extremely crazy time in my life. I got paid $8 an hour to be a radio DJ, and I got paid $8 an hour to take care of people with high-functioning um, learning disabilities. And uh, and so there was a lot of people who were just like could have a life but were like such slow learners that they needed help uh grocery shopping and things like that and um so there was i worked for a private company that was funded with state funding and then i like my job was i had like a certain amount of hours allotted each week to uh help them one or two hours each person a week and i would go help them with whatever tasks and one of them um was this dude i'm not gonna say his name but it was this dude who 
everybody he knew was either his life was very hard and he was surrounded by poverty and a lot of people in his life were dangerous. They were either like scary in the sense that they were like knee deep in the drug trade or just scary in the sense that they were violent. And that's, you know, right. How their life, but he wasn't. And you know, a handful of people in his life, of course, weren't, but that was the environment, scary right. fucking environment. Right. So I'd have to go pick him up. And then there would be a bunch of people in his apartment and he's just this like quiet dude who lives there amongst sometimes fucking aggressive people. And, um, and I remember I walked in one time and there were just two or three people sitting on the couch, smoking a joint, just like fucking cutting drugs up on the table. And I'm like a state employee. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Hey buddy, uh, we got to go. I think we were literally just going to an arcade. We did that a lot because yeah. he needed like, like he could use his like hours for recreation time because of whatever. And one of the guys on the couch was like, Hey man, you want some ecstasy? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, no, I'm good, man. And he goes, and he goes, Oh, you don't fucking do drugs, huh? And I was like, Nope, I do drugs all the time, man. I just don't want any right now. And he was like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Tight. And I just feel like, <laughs> In that situation, I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, <100%. laughs> God damn it. I was just watching I was just watching the first forty eight last night, um, about this. It was like, you know, they're they're tracking down this guy who's murdered multiple people and they find this one woman who uh this like this seventy year old woman who's like, Yeah, I saw him, he came up to me and he said, I have a gun, you're gonna come with me and I said, No, I'm gonna walk my dog and he said, Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's the story. And he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> Turns out you can do that. <laughs> Who fucking knew? God damn. At least the I will say no that a lot of one person. I do think a lot of the issue in a lot of confrontational situations is, is uh, visceral fear. Mm-hmm. And, and because I think fear, at least, I don't know. I've had a few situations like that one get dissolved because I looked the person in the eye. And I like swallowed my fear and I just like went human to human. I remember, dude, I was sitting at a fucking, I went to college at USC, which is in a tough part of LA, like obviously not the campus itself. And when you go down there now, it's like overdeveloped and all this shit. But when I was there, it was like walled off and then around it was a tough neighborhood. And, um, I'm sitting at a bus stop, like fucking seven or eight blocks away. And this dude, like stereotypical gangster looking dude, hairnet, knee high socks. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and uh, I wouldn't uh, um, automatically assume this guy was a banger, but he was tough and he fucking (laughs) sits next to me and he goes, uh, he goes, Hey man, give me two cigarettes. That's what he said. (laughs) Not just one. But he's gonna fucking double barrel him. Yeah. He's like he's like, I want a cigarette and I fucking own you. That was like basically the statement he was making. And he's like (laughs) staring at me with this aggressive, like, you fucking college kid, fucking I I'm like, give me two fucking cigarettes. And I'm like, you know, forever coping with my terrible manhood, you know, (laughs) like I must stand up for myself. And also I live in this world and I'm only the amount of brave that I actually am. Mm -hmm. Right. I look in my pack and I've got two cigarettes and I opened it up 
and I was like, well, Dave, let's just fucking roll the dice. Try it out. And I uh, <laughs> and, um, I looked at it. I looked him right in the eye and I very calmly and like a person said, I got two cigarettes left, man. That's one for you and one for me. And he goes, all right. <laughs> I mean, all right. This is amazing. This is amazing because I wanted to tell you this and I, I this this I did not expect this to work out so well. Okay. We're we're both anxious guys. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know if you have this, but when somebody does something nice for me, um I there's a little fucking wicked voice in the back of my head that says well, they, maybe they don't mean it. Maybe they're just feeling, they just pity you. And they, like, yeah. you need to, you, you have this need to have somebody be nice to you. Um, and so the way that you can find out is you ask for a little more. You ask for, like, they're already being generous, but if you ask for a little more, 99% of the times you won't get it, but maybe sometimes you get a little. It's like this little fucked up way to, like, even when I get something good, I have a voice that says, Hey, what if we fuck this up right now, right here? And I was thinking about this because I, I was so excited to be on this show. And I was like, what more could I ask from Dave? He's having <laughs> me on fucking good heroin. This means so much to me. And I was thinking about it. I was literally lying in bed last night thinking like, is there anything else I could ask of Dave? And I realized I don't want to be on good heroin. I want for you to disintegrate and then I become Dave. <laughs> and that's the story. I, I want I want to hang out with Caleb Simon. I uh-huh. want to live in California. I don't know anything about your girlfriend. Can't wait to meet her. You know what I mean? Like I want yeah. I want to be Dave. Wow. Well, congratulations, man. <laughs> I have decided to give that to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Man, I relate to that feeling so much that like that like well I don't have the um ask a little more thing because the way that my hang up works is it's not like maybe they pity you kind of thing. <laughs> it's more like this is a trick. They're trying to control you. There's it's like my shit is this is all the Truman show. It's all fake. Oh wow. Everyone's lying to me. I'm the butt of the joke. And so <laughs> when someone asks me out, does me a favor, it's a big cruel joke to make me look like an idiot. Like yeah. the best way I could say it, I, I, and this is therapy at work, man. I like 10 years of therapy. I was able to recognize this in the moment and I'm so grateful for it. I've said this a few times on the podcast. I was driving and a person cut me off in traffic and I remember it. It was on Robertson Boulevard near where my therapist is. It was like, that's funny on the Robertson on Robertson, right by the La Cienega exit going west on the 10 freeway <laughs> i i was like going down there going south on robertson from therapy to uh turn left to get on the 10 back on the 10 and um any more person- you're just gonna dox yourself just with all these info i could find where <laughs> your therapist and where you live <laughs> by all of the information uh no you can't but, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> But also, I probably have accidentally done that over the years. You're not yeah, wrong. Sure. Uh, anyway, I just like the memory so so vivid. A person cut me off. It was a white car. Cut me off. A little sedan. And immediately my brain said, well, of course they fucking cut me off. They knew it was me. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's amazing that you we have these feelings 
of like we're so massively insignificant right you know what i mean we're yeah, so yeah. important we're like this enormous butt of a joke that nobody is even telling right of course you know it's it's so like well, especially when you interact with the world on a regular basis and you see it happen to others. I yeah. see people get cut off on the freeway all the time. I accidentally cut people off sometimes. For sure. yeah. And it's never on purpose, ever. And if I see someone do something like that on purpose, I think that person is a piece of shit. Yeah. And so, and even though that's the case, when it's me, I'm like, well, of course. Yeah, And the lucky thing about therapy and the reason that's the real way to take care of your problems rather than cutting yourself or doing heroin or whatever the fuck uh, <laughs> is that or I can now comedy. I or stand up or yeah, whatever other um, dude, no, dude, stand up's my therapy, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this has been uh, this is the end of the episode and this is also the end of the podcast. <laughs> Someone said the thing I hate. And so, (laughs) um, no, uh, I, I like had that thought. And then immediately after I had that thought, I was like, Oh, well, that's not true. That is not true. Wow. (laughs) And then I had a little party in my car because of the relief. I felt knowing that someone had just cut me off and I'm just a person. Matter of fact, uh, speaking of emotions and Omaha, there is a bright eyes lyric that I think about. <laughs> and then cut to your 311 lyric. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this 311 lyric about how Amber... Public urination. What the fuck 311's about? I don't fucking I'm just know. kind of all mixed up. Um, and I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> um, no, there's this Bright Eyes lyric where he says... Um, oh, wow. I forget the exact lyric now, but he basically says... Uh, finding so much comfort realizing that I'm not special. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my God. And isn't that a funny thing about like, you would think, we all think, relief comes from being told you're okay or being told I understand. Mm-hmm. But relief for me comes knowing that maybe I'm not, a, not really anything. Maybe it's right. just... Maybe it's okay because it doesn't matter, and but I'm these just feelings everyone. Are common. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now I think I think it's really true, and I think it's like there's there's such a, a way that we can kind of bask in these experiences of just being just okay, you know, right? And and just existing as we are. I'm not good. I'm not bad, but I am. Right. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that. There's, we, we both have these experiences where like it takes years and years and years and years. Okay, allow me to draw this parallel. Working on stand-up comedy is really difficult because like uh, if you're in a big city, maybe you can go up two, three, four times a night. And those are, that's your entire night. And you get a practice for this tiny little bit and then you have to go somewhere and do it again. And working on yourself in therapy is also very difficult because, like, you'll get out of, like, a shitty, manipulative, controlling relationship, and then you won't have an opportunity to experience what you've learned explicitly for maybe years, you know? Like, for for me, only recently, I had somebody who was, like, like doing this thing that I've, I've had people in the past that I've dated do where like 
it's just they'll argue for like five or six hours in circles and circles and circles. Like I've I've missed I've I've argued from like six o'clock one night to like I got off at work at Friday at six and I've argued literally through all of every hour of the entire weekend because of I was trapped in this crazy relationship. And I yeah. it was this you don't realize how fucked up it is when you're in it and then only recently did I finally have an opportunity when I was with somebody who was really trying to fucking control my head and manipulate me that I realized like, Oh, I can just say, I want you to leave. Yeah. And then that's it. And like, it, it seems so crazy simple that like something that like every night manager of every shitty restaurant can do to any drunk patron, I can do to the people in my life that are trying to fuck with me. Right. Is you could just say, I don't want to do Well, this. and I think the bigger realization in there is that it also, though it could be, doesn't have to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's like a really big deal for me. A realization that like you can just stop having contact with anyone at any time. And it could not be anyone's fault or a big deal. It's just like, this happened to me yesterday. I was interacting with somebody online. Like I had a, I got in a small Twitter argument and then I was like, oh, we don't see each other or know each other that well. And we clearly don't get along. Bye. (laughs) We shouldn't interact. So yeah, I have no fuck you. I don't hate you. I don't even, I don't even. I could totally be the one who was wrong in the argument and the argument was trivial, but like it doesn't matter because we affect each other negatively. And so goodbye. I wish you the best. Yeah. It, we, we all kind of did that. I mean, not to, I don't want to talk about this, but like, I mean, when, when Trump was removed from Twitter, it's just like, Oh fuck, we can do that. Right. You know, like we, we can just choose to just say bye. And it's so fucking crazy powerful. Like the, the, I honestly think that, the euphoria that you get from meeting an exciting new person. I I almost like getting rid of a person I don't like more because then I'm not worried about fucking up a new relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, um, is have you ever been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD? No, I have a, I have a feeling though okay. <laughs> that I might, um, I have a lot of the, um, trapping. He says forgetting what he's thinking in the moment. I've been talking. Uh, about <laughs> uh, yeah. I have a lot of the symptoms of ADHD, but no, I've never had a formal diagnosis because have you ever heard of uh, reje- rejection sensitivity dysphoria? No. Okay. Um, a friend of mine laid this on me. And at first I was mad because I was like, are you calling me sensitive? And then I realized <laughs> that they're a hundred percent fucking right. And that's not even a joke. That's just the true story of me being an asshole. Um, and what it is. And I think that cause you and I have a very similar kind of anxiety. I think in a lot of ways it just meant cause we both are like workhorses. Cause right. I mean like think of everything that you've done during the pandemic. Right. We've both worked like crazy hard. Like I wrote, a 70,000 word draft of a book and then finish my tarot deck in wow. 
and also got into shape and then marched and ran food organizations and shit in the pandemic. Wow. We both work a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so rejection sensitive, it's rejection sensitive or sensitivity dysphoria is basically like um, when you have ADD or ADHD, stimulation is what you get from basically every kind of interaction that you get from anybody. And so it can be negative, it can be positive. And so when somebody uh, rejects you in any capacity, like can't talk to you right now, leaves you unseen, um, or maybe even like stops talking to you altogether or like breaks up with you, it hits way fucking harder because you are so addicted to stimulation from this person and suddenly they're not giving it to you. And so like you just have this much more intense response um, when you're when you're going through like the the throes of withdrawal from any relationship, and it can uh, like there's I've had this happen for people that I'm like still good friends with, but sure. they just like were weird to me because they are people with complex lives, right? And I still have like this really strong response, and it's taken me a lot of time. Uh, I think that's one of the big things I've learned in my late twenties is just like. 99% of the time, the person is just busy. Yeah. Well, they're just doing shit, you know? It goes back to what you were saying about, I mean, in all depression, there is some self obsession, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, the person, the reason the person didn't cut me off because they knew it was me isn't because I am perfect or that I've never done anything wrong or that right. everyone loves me or something. It's because. I don't matter any more or less than anybody else. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so to that exact end, it is fascinating how I still, uh, for forget that people have lives outside of me. And to this day, every single time I don't hear back from people for a day, I'm like, well, that's because it's over (laughs) and I have to like work on it. So I have to like, you know, let myself know that that's my wiring and that I'm being unfair and looking at it through a tilted lens. And, uh, and I, that's, it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating also that there is a name for that specific phenomenon. Yeah. Which makes me think that it's rampant. And that makes sense that a lot of people have that feeling. I think so too. I think that it's like, it's, it's in a way where it's like, we're just learning. We have all the tools of like diagnosis or diagnostic tools of like how to phrase things. And we're just now kind of putting together a better understanding of, of like almost like a quantifying this sounds mechanical but like a quantifying of the human experience of yeah. like this is a person who's very sensitive to these kinds of experiences like i mean even the term uh, self-soothing or self-soothing uh kind of goes back to like any of a number of different um like d- behaviors that people have from um, self-harm to medicating to even to like just kind of rocking back and forth on your ass, just like, right. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting, um, I just think it's interesting to kind of uh, quantify the human experience, I guess. This is, 
first of all, you're going to fucking love this segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is probably a perfect time to talk about your tarot deck. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> and I yeah. actually meant that, though. I'm being a dumbass about it. But you and I, the little bit we've talked about it. First of all, I love the artwork. I know nothing about tarot, and I'm fascinated by it. And I'm like not even... I'm like not steeped in death metal culture or goth mm-hmm. culture, but I've always been interested. Um, and so I'm, I'm a fan from the outside. And, and uh, also at the same time, you've told me that like this artwork and this tarot deck is you like pouring your emotionality into a bunch of art. And yeah. so I, I guess I'm just curious what that means and what it means to you. I can, I can give you the story if you care to care to hear yeah. it. Um, so I, I've had to trim this story down so that it's not as I, 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 I have to be respectful of all parties involved, but I was in a really, I was in kind of like a nasty relationship that lasted a very, very long time. Um, and when that collapsed, uh, I, I, you know, I lost a bunch of friends and, um, my fucking, my friends were dead and my whole identity was in tatters. And like, I just kind of had to like start a new me from the ground up because I had like this understanding since I was a young man, that this is the person I'm going to have a family with. This is the person I'm going to have a future with. It's like, it was like, it's hard to explain to people, but it was like cosmic. We're like, even if they weren't there, even if we were seeing other people, it's like, yeah, it's a ticking clock. It's going to happen. I see. And so um, I had that and, and I was going through a lot of processing, you know, like the deaths of friends and the deaths of uh, a lot of people in my life. And my thing was that I was fucking tired of writing sad fucking poetry um, and like heartbroken, sappy bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to aim as it in, impossibly high as I could. I don't know if you, you know, remember when you're in school and like the, you just, they would say like, write a paper and you'd be like, I don't know what the fuck to write. But if they say, write a paper about this point in time in history from here to here. And you're like, I can find a way to make that paper about something I want to write. Breaking the rules within your yeah. format. I like that. Yeah. And so I looked at what's the craziest, biggest thing that I could do. And so I'm like, I'm going to redraw all of a tarot deck. And so I just... I, I started thinking about like what it was and instead of writing poetry about how I'm not going to have uh, a family and how my heart was broken and how I feel so betrayed um, by a lot of people in my life, I wanted to create a completely unique universe that is a tarot deck set during the final days of a human uh, infertility apocalypse. So it's like a complete oh. fan, like a morbid, it's, it's very like dark souls. If you're, familiar with the dark souls video games it's very like silent hill um and so it's it's a really fully conceived world i drew all 78 cards and then i wrote a short story for every single card and that was my first one and that sold out everywhere and i had a kickstarter for that a while back but i've spent the past few years really elaborating the story and like fine-tuning every aspect of it and i added 12 new cards and then added 10 new cards and then redid 12 of the original ones to create 
the third edition, it's called the Tarot Restless. And it's like a, a complete re-examination of loss and grief and dread and recovery through a uh, really, really, really exaggerated metaphor of abuse and, and trauma. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I put it up on Kickstarter today. Um, <laughs> Can you believe that my reaction to that was, wow. <laughs> I didn't even say wow. I said, wow. <laughs> it's kind like of cartoony. <laughs> small duck sound. I'm so embarrassed. That, that was you. You gave this beautiful, basically oration about this, this like piece of work you poured your heart into. And then I said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're, I could clearly see you on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, like on the YouTube. Yeah, I yeah. like, have another TV and I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's whatever you're talking about for you. <laughs> no, I was, I was literally, uh, I was like literally rocked by the story. I know that sounds corny, but like, uh, you gave a very like full and epic description and I'm impressed. Thanks man. And so, uh, you know, wow. So yeah, naturally, <laughs> wow. not even a W O W a W E W. <laughs> fuck? This sucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel so stupid. Uh, um, well, I liked the show until Dave started making yeah. Luigi noises. <laughs> I can't even. Or no, Man. that's Waluigi, isn't it? I don't know. You, you know Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's Waluigi. Yeah, that's yeah no. Holy shit, dude. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's... Um, and you are currently... Um, to get the pluggy part of it out of the fucking way, the right. Kickstarter is up now, and you are are you are accepting donations now? Uh, right. Well, to make donations, you okay. you can just like pre-order the deck. If okay. I, I, my goal is to get eight thousand uh, dollars, and then I can anything more than you know. I just you can everybody can keep adding on to it. Um, the third edition again has like a hundred cards, and it's like I can't stress this enough. It is. I went through the, the guidebook for it and I'm like, I don't like how big the font is. And so I made the font smaller and now I just had to rewrite like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of lore, but it's like the best thing I've ever done in the cards. I mean, I have them here. They're like trimmed in silver. Wow. And because Shit. It's, it's set during an infertility apocalypse. So the backs of the cards are, a vortex wow. of sperms going into a black hole. Oh, that's what that is. Oh my yeah. god. It's it's whoa. Yeah. Crazy. It's fucking wild, dude. There's a uh, The artwork is beautiful. I it's also very clever. I like um I'm particularly there's a card called the 3 of swords. Yeah. That is I don't know if everybody would describe it this way, but it is a series of jokes in my yeah. opinion. There's a lot of Have you seen The Hanged Man? I don't think so. All right, pull up my website. This is this will be fun. Okay. okay. Uh, if you go to my website and go to uh, tarot, it'll be under the major arcana. Sorry, I, I it's, don't it's, have your website bookmarked. I had to. It's just it's just my name. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to type I, it in. Like a fucking okay. The tarot restless. Um. Now, what am I looking for? It's under Major Arcana, 
Uh, it's the Hanged Man. You'll notice it because it's a uh, fuck. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up too. This is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> um, I see Major Arcana. Oh, okay, I got to scroll. Yeah, and then you can click through. And the uh, the Hanged Man is traditionally. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a dude oh being hanged. God. It's a guy being hanged by his own dick. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, bound. Yeah, bound. Bound by legs, torso, arms, and neck by his own. Uh, yeah. Very long, but also, but regularly, w- regular width dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so, while it is, like, it, it's it's a, the whole deck has, like, these kind of psychosexual themes, I think that it's also kind of funny because it is it is about hoisting abusers by their own petard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's wild. There's I've I've hidden so many little secrets and gags in it. But yeah, the the guy, the, the three of swords. Uh, he's got his three swords. It's a it's a man standing. He has four arms. He's got two swords, and he's also got two other arms that are holding all of in, his intestines together. Yeah, it's a black and white card except for the blood of the intestines pouring out. He with his two arms holding the two swords and the joke, the biggest joke I'm talking about is he has two extra arms but neither of them are holding the third sword. And that's yes. like what a joke is. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, that's like the most that's like the most straightforward. Well, I guess it's not straightforward, but you know what I mean? That's like a joke equation. If a one-liner comic were to describe it to you, I, uh, I love it. I like really, especially in that packaging with, uh, a bunch of extra arms and uh, disfigurement and blood. And it's just like, Haha, they're not holding the sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's just a fun, like literally I started doing the, the Zodiac cards because I got all the way finished with the deck and I went, Oh fuck. I forgot. I really wanted to draw a big ass crab. And so I'm like, I drew the crab. I'm like, I should draw all of the other Zodiac signs. And so it just started it from there. It's, it's really oh, just like wow. a, a practice in drawing, drawing everything. Cause I, for the longest time, I could never figure out how to draw people. I could draw everything else. And so I said like, all right, what if I gave myself a project where I had to draw it a hundred times? Oh shit! Like, draw it to completion and draw dialogue and, and write dialogue and write stories fully conceived a hundred times. And so wow. it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fucking work, man. <laughs> when I moved to Chicago, I, I got the deck half done. I moved to Chicago and then I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't get a job for the longest time. So I literally just sat on the side of the, the uh, street in like in Wicker Park and just, had a little camper chair and just sold drawings from my cardboard box. That's where I started. Oh, yeah. Now, now I'm doing I can't this. Believe you told me that 59 minutes in, man. I got to <laughs> yeah. say, but that's like a whole other fucking story I want to hear. Uh, yeah, man. <clears throat> follow Winslow on everything. He's at calculations on Instagram. His website is winslowdomain.com. There are links to the Kickstarter for the Tarot Restless on all of those things, I would imagine. Yes. And, and um, anything else you want to say and promote? I do have one last thing I have for you. Oh, Remember we, we set that up. Oh, yes. Yeah. So here, check your email now. I put this together. I thought that you might like it. Right now. Right now. I'm checking. And, and it's just a link to Goatsy. 
<laughs> to this day, I'm so happy to say I still have not seen Goatsy. Well, you have. You just haven't realized it, probably. No, that's probably true. Yeah. Not really sure why my internet is. Oh, here we go. Oh, dude, what? <laughs> Fuck off. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. made a fucking. I've always loved this type of logo. Um, death metal and black metal bands uh, have this very specific art style that uh, their logos are drawn in. And there are s- uh, lots of variations on it. But if you've seen it, you know what I mean. And uh, Winslow did that for my name. I'm going to post this. This is so sick. Thank you. Of course. Oh, oh my God. I am so excited to confuse some people. (laughs) Completely. I mean, see, it started off with me recording a death metal comedy album, and it's going to end with you having a black metal comedy album, too. I can't fucking wait, dude. Full fucking circle. You know what? I'm going to send you um, some good friends of mine in Fresno are in. Well, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Twice over, but they um, they had a uh, a black metal ma- a band, and I would call the other thing like I don't know how to describe it. I guess they're both black. It's two black metal bands that these guys made, mm-hmm. and all their stuff is incredible. And they never uh, they didn't get big or whatever, you know. Right. Because of how fucking life is and how art is and all that shit. But uh, they're called, the first band was called Dead Elizabeth. And then later they had a band called Azathoth. And I've okay. heard yeah. so much metal and far and away my, and I realize I, I'm biased because they're my friends, but they're my favorite metal bands for sure. Yeah. And I can't believe I haven't sent them to you because that's funny. Yeah. It's, it's well, weird. I, I, I had the, the tremendous uh, good fortune that uh, I made a promo video for this deck and i reached out to one of my favorite fucking black metal bands like i listened to these guys a lot when i was when i'm drawing and um i said hey guys is there any chance at all that i could use your song and they not only did they say yeah they're like yeah dude use your use the song we'll tell everybody we'll put it on our record label and wow. like we'll send you merch and shit it's like this it, the, the song is invoke by pharmakia and it's it's fucking dude, dude. It's, it's so good man fucking rules man yeah I like fucking the the band that got me through high school has a copy of this deck and loves uh, it. And that's like insane to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's one of the really beautiful parts about making stuff is that you find yeah. out we all just want to make stuff and yeah. know people who like stuff and or make stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, wow. You know, <laughs> and also, yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, man, Winslow! Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. This was really great. Um, yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, again at calculations on Instagram, WinslowDomain.com, and uh, that's it for our episode of Good Heroin. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Uh, I'm at Dave to the Ross on everything. My website is Dave to the Ross.com, Patreon.com/slash Dave to the Ross if you want more of me. Um, again, watch us on YouTube, but um. I don't have a, a direct, what's the a custom URL yet? Because I don't know. YouTube makes you wait. I'm very frustrated by this, but it's good heroin on YouTube. And uh, as I always say, please take care of yourselves. Uh, drink water, rest. The pandemic is fucked up and hard, but you're going to be okay. Um, I'm glad you're alive. 
I'll see you next time in Winslow. Thanks again, man. Hey, thank you, man.